All right, welcome to the other side of fear. This is Deanna, and she is one of my clients and basically besties now. So, <laughs> uh, so you, Deanna's just going to tell her story, and her story is really powerful because she grew up in the church just like I did, and she went through trauma and pain and her story is really crazy, but unfortunately a lot of people can relate to it. And so she's just going to talk about her transformation and how she healed her trauma and how she um, made it through everything she went through. And then her experience now feeling free and feeling like finally has control. Deanna, thank you for being here. Hi. Yeah. Thank you for having me. So let's start off with just the beginning. Like you came to me. So how, when you first came to me, what was your problem? Where were you stuck? What were you struggling with when you first reached out when we first started coaching? Oh man, life had really gotten to a point where it was very overwhelming. I got myself into some situations and then found myself trying to find my way out and not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go, feeling like I was running away from something feeling like I was living life constantly looking in the rearview mirror like I was being chased but I didn't know by what and I didn't know how to get away from it and yeah it was like every single day (laughs) like total survival mode yes absolutely so tell me how talk about your relationships because that was obviously like looking back now um, you know, that was obviously one of the pain points for you was just like connecting. Cause you have this like, ability to connect really deeply with people, mm-hmm. but for you, it was really connecting deeply from a really painful place because you were in so much pain. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I've always been someone who feels a lot. Uh, people call it empathic, whatever they call it, a uh, highly sensitive person. I walk into a room and I feel everything and I look in people's eyes and I feel a lot and it used to be where I would anytime I was near someone or they would talk to me they would I would feel it and I would get so overwhelmed by it It it's like their pain was so reminiscent of my own that it triggered me and I didn't know that that's what was happening but it was like overwhelming to be in places with lots of people or overwhelming to be in certain situations for long periods of time and that was huge Yeah. And you tend to, you were like one to just go off on your own. Like you'd be totally fine being alone for months at a time because being in large groups, like to you being around people was stressful. So being alone was a lot easier for you to just process everything and like not get triggered. Yeah. I kind of went back and forth with that. Um, I spent a lot of time trying to just like be totally by myself. And then I went the other direction and I was very outward, very social, did things every single night. I was drinking a lot and filling all my time with something or with someone constantly. And I couldn't be alone. And anytime I was alone, it was like, I felt everything and I did everything that I could to get away from having to feel. Now that we're on the other side of this and you're able, you've processed your story, you've processed the shit you went through. So obviously when you are, you were just in a shit ton of pain, right? And so what you felt like was constantly being chased, right? Like somebody's <laughs> like, like you were literally, and that's really what our human nature, that's what fear does to us. It literally feels like we're being chased by a bear all the time. And yeah. because in, you know, historically our ancestors, that is the way we were made. We were made to have that like fight or flight, right? Well, now we're not actually experiencing fear like that, but we think we are. And it's really just in our own head and it's our own pain. So knowing that now and being on the other side of that, where did all of this pain start for you? Like, obviously we've processed, you know, shit that happened to you as a child. And so where did the, all of this really stem from? Yeah, it, it kind of piled up. It's like a snowball throughout my life. Like more things kept being added to it because I was attracting in painful energy from such a young age. But when I was three, this is a, a memory that was suppressed that I didn't remember, but I kept having dreams about and flashbacks to this room and I always knew something happened in the room but I didn't know what and I wouldn't let myself see it so going back to the room and being able to open that up in a safe space um, I was able to see that when I was three I was assaulted and that was the first time it happened and then 
throughout my life, it happened over and over again. And not just to me, but I felt like everyone I was friends with, I watched it happen too. And it was always so familiar when I would see it happening or my friend's stepdad got arrested when we were 15 for it. And it was like so familiar and the pain just felt so recognizable, but I couldn't pin it. And that's where it started for sure. (laughs) Well, that was like your emotional home in a really fucked up way, right? It's like all you really knew. And so, and yeah, it's like the people you meet, you attract that you attract, you're like a magnet for that story over and over again. Not that it's your fault at all. Cause it's not, it's totally subconscious, but it is what we attract. So it's like, now looking back, you're not surprised that all of your friends and every, you know, everybody was going through that because that was the story that you were walking in. That was the pain, you know, your pain attracts more of that pain. And so as if you don't heal that, you carry that into your intimate relationships, you carry that, you, you carry that into adulthood. And so luckily for you, you're able to heal that at 23. But a lot of people, I mean, they go to their deathbeds, never, and it's a suppressed memory, right? So it's not like it's, I need to tell somebody I need to tell somebody It's like you didn't even know what was happening. You didn't know what you needed to tell somebody, right? It just wasn't wasn't an option. So that was huge for you. So how was it when you really felt when that really came to light for you? And you had, you know, and you had to deal with it? Initially, it was like I could all of a sudden breathe. Then I went from being able to breathe to like a back and forth of really detaching from reality and having a really hard time and instead of like (laughs) going a route of like doing using substances or anything like that or using outward things I was going very inward and using that to escape my pain to a point I was doing yoga every day meditating all the time singing writing constantly and just thinking all the time and I think I just sent myself yeah so high that I was having a really hard time keeping my feet on the ground so I was yeah that that was scary yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're totally out of touch with reality it's like you don't know yeah and and that's definitely what people do it's like numbing is numbing and so you can take anything that is an otherwise healthy you know activity or behavior and turn it into you know, something to numb like yoga or, you know, obviously with eating, that's a huge one for people where they eat to numb or, I mean, anything Netflix, like, of course, that's where you get into addictions like porn and drugs and alcohol and stuff. It's just, but numbing is numbing. So it doesn't matter how you're doing it. It's like what you're, it's the intention behind what you're doing. It's the, you know, and so your intention was like, don't feel, don't feel too much. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And in my head, I was like, I'm helping myself. This is good. I'm I'm getting into it. And I was definitely using it to stay more disconnected than I was letting myself know that I was doing. Yeah, totally. So tell me about your experience because you grew up in the church. So having yeah. been sexually abused and then growing up in the church, which you see this all the time and, and not that they're connected at all, but that it's just like but such a fucking lethal combination, right? Because you grow up, this experience happened to you at least once for you, it happened several times. Right. And then you have your parents teaching you about God and you're in the church and you're like, I don't fucking know where God ends and my family begins. I don't, somebody was supposed to protect me and they didn't. And where the fuck was God? Where the fuck were my parents? Right. And so it, when you come out of that, you're like, you don't even know who God is. You have no trust. You have no, no source of safety, right there. And that's really where people get. So, um, you have to numb, you have to look externally for something to keep you safe, something to keep you grounded because it's not happening inside of you. So tell me a, a bit about your experience growing up in the church and how that affected you. And then obviously, you know, where you're at with it now. Yeah. Spirituality has always been huge for me. Uh, Even when I was very young, I always felt super connected to God. And I always felt the connection when I was alone. And I I sang and I loved worship. And I was very involved in leading worship from a young age at my church. And I was given a lot of responsibility at a very young age with that. And the hardest thing for me was feeling this deep connection through music and 
to this God that I was being taught about, but then feeling this deep-rooted guilt and this deep shame that I didn't understand what it was. And it was like, I heard about this God with this love and hearing in the church the interpretation of him and the shame that I felt when I knew for some reason that I never felt pure. I never felt perfect. And the way that they described this God was like, I believed in him so much and I loved him so much that I knew that if everything they were saying was true, that what I felt was that there was something that was keeping me from God's love. And that's how I felt my whole life. Um, What did you think was keeping you from God's love? Impurity, always. I always felt that from a very young age. So the belief that I have to be pure to receive love. love. Yeah, yeah, I have to be perfect. I always felt that I wasn't enough, that just deep down I knew, like, if all this is true, then God doesn't want me. I know there's something wrong with me. Yeah. And that's what I just, um, I think it was my last podcast or two before I can't remember, but I was talking about virginity and how toxic the theology of virginity is because they're teaching virginity and, and waiting to have sex in and of itself is not a bad thing. You know, I mean, take it or leave it. It's whatever, but the intention behind it, if you have a good intention and that's what you want, cool. But you're talking, they're preaching and teaching that, God wants you to live this certain way. Well, what the fuck when you, that choice was taken from you at a really young age, right? So the choice was taken, you have no, you had no chance at being pure in those standards, right? Like in the way that they described it, of course, we know now that you on a soul level, you are pure. Nobody can take that from you, but that's not what you believe growing up, right? You're like, like, I'm tainted. Yeah. That's how I always felt. I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Like, I just knew I knew I wasn't pure and I didn't know why I knew that but I always felt that well subconsciously you knew what happened to you and you're tying you're tying this all together subconsciously and so you're like well shit I'm I'm disqualified right that's how I felt I did feel that way like like I knew about this love and I heard about this grace but I didn't feel the freedom or understand it in the way that I felt like I saw other people understanding Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. I was always so self-conscious and I grew up in a Pentecostal church. So it was like, it's like people danced, people, people were passing out, everybody speaking in tongues. And I felt that rush of that spirituality definitely in moments, but I never was able to live in it because like, I could never take it any further than that. I always felt so disconnected from it whenever I wasn't directly in a space of like worship or prayer. Yeah. I felt uh, connectedness and I think it was real. Like I don't look back and think it wasn't real. Part of me is like energy is energy. So it's like, if you're at like a fucking rave or at the club, it's still energy. You know what I mean? I, and so when so many people are gathered together and everybody's like freaking out, it's like the energy of a football stadium. Right. And so part of me, I'm like, okay, yeah, there's the energy factor, but I really did have experiences with God God, you know, or the way I understood God. And in looking back, that was real. But in terms of speaking in tongues, just out of curiosity, because that's something that I've been, I really try not to put a, this is true. And this is not true. This is right. And this is wrong kind of label on shit. So I try to stay like super, super open just because I know myself. And I know like, as soon as I get dogmatic about something, I have just completely closed, shut down. So in terms of speaking in tongues, I know my experience with it. So what was your experience with that? And like, what, how do you understand that now? Yeah, that, that's something I actually have been thinking about more recently because I mean, probably the same for you. It was like, everybody was supposed to be able to do it. And it was a gift from God. And like my experience with, with it was at a church camp, we were like all standing and had our hands raised and it's like, just pray until you start speaking in tongues. And I did start speaking in tongues. And then I did it after that, you know, like more than one time. And it's this language that I still know. And there are words that like, I could, I'm not going to do it right now, but I could (laughs) do it. And it's words that are the same words that I used to say all the way back then. I remember them. So it's something, it's interesting to me because I don't understand that at all. That makes no sense to me. I'm like, what is this language? Yeah. I don't know, but I've also been able to interpret other languages before that I don't, they're like, I don't actually know them. I feel like you told me that 
story where you were like, tell, tell me that real quick. Yeah. Okay. So there was one, one time I was at a conference and there was someone who was speaking Portuguese and nobody knew what they were saying. They didn't know what the guy wanted. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) And then I went up to him and we started, he started talking to me and first I just knew what he was saying and I knew what he needed and I took him where he needed to go. And it was so weird because I didn't know how I knew that, but I knew what he was saying. I knew what he needed. And I was like, okay. (laughs) So crazy. Well, and that's one of the spiritual gifts is interpreting tongues. That's one of the, if I, if I recall from my, (laughs) from my Pentecostal days. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So that's super interesting. I love your take on speaking in tongues and I don't, I can't even put an opinion on it yet. Like I can't even say where I stand on it because I haven't really gone into, I just don't care to, I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like it doesn't matter to me, but it, I have been thinking about it. It's interesting to how, what my take would be on it now, if I were to really dive in and and be like, how does this connect to kind of my my experiences now and and the way I view God now? But I always, I never could speak in tongues and I'm laughing now because I never told anybody that because I was in like leadership at my church uh, and I'm like, isn't this like one of the prerequisites to like being in leadership, right? So I'm like, yeah, I can speak in tongues. <laughs> I, I and I tried so hard for so many years. Like, yeah. so it was, it was always like, okay, we're going to like pray and you're going to have like the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, yes, this is it. And I just felt like it just never happened for me. And I would try at home. That was so discouraging for me because I felt like in the way I was taught truly is it was a reflection of your spirituality, right? It was a gauge for how spiritual you are. And I'm like, fuck, I don't know. This isn't doing it for me. You know, like I just, and, and so that's interesting to me now, because I tried so hard to make it all work and to make it all make sense and to have it all fit together. And it just wasn't, it was like putting a square peg in a round hole. Like, I'm like, this isn't fucking fitting together. And until the whole thing just fucking exploded and I'm like, you know, so Anyways, anyways, that was a tangent, but (laughs) I was just really curious about what you thought about that. Okay. So now, so obviously then what happened that made you like, how did you kind of progress out of the church? Because for me, it was a very abrupt, like I was, it was like the veil was lifted and I was like, what the fuck? You know, I'm like, this is not true. And I just like, and I couldn't even say it because I was still so, I had so much fear around walking away. Right. And so, and then I was like, this isn't true that I just like bursted. I'm like, fuck this. But for you, your, your kind of transition out of the church was a lot more graceful. No, I mean, actually, you know, it's so funny now that we're, as you started asking this question, I started to think, I don't know that I've ever actually told you the real way that I ended up not a part of the church. I don't think you did because in my mind it's graceful. So (laughs) Um, I, so I went out of high school, I went to ministry school. And when I finished the program that I was in, I was working at a church and Is that the one you were, to- you were telling me about in down South, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working at a church. Um, I ended up getting invited to move with these people. <laughs> <laughs> your face okay <laughs> so I, I got invited to be a part of this like worship team that was they were traveling to Missouri to be with this church and and help with I am so here uh, for this story I'm yeah I'm the like, pastor I'm had like recently been arrested and was in jail and I didn't know like a ton of information about the whole thing but I knew that what I felt with the people which I know now it was absolutely a trauma bond like yeah the people that I left with like the reason why I felt so genuinely just with them is because our pain was so reminiscent of one another but I left with these people um I ended up accidentally becoming a part of a more or less religious cult what <laughs> how did you never tell me this I don't know that was, that was a few years ago <laughs> That was a few lifetimes ago at this point. You have so much to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so what happened nice? <laughs> so I was with the group for um, a few months and uh, like six months. And I ended up leaving because 
I went home to visit family. One of my family members was sick. So I went back and like a girl from the group came with me to my hometown. And um, one of my mentors met her and, and I went over to their house for a little bit. And she's just like, something's not right. And she starts asking me all these questions and she starts doing research on the, the group that I'm with. She finds all these blogs online talking about how it's a cult and like all this stuff. And she's like, you can't go back there. So I like drove back and then I came right back. But did the girl go stay out yeah, there with we, you? We went back to Missouri and then like the very next day I left. So which one was the cult? The the church that originally like sent you off or like the church that you were at in Missouri? The one in Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So why was the pastor in prison? Uh, something with insurance fraud. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Had to have been bad if he ended up, okay. Wow. Yeah. Something with elderly people. He was, he was stealing a lot of money from what I heard. Oh my God. So, okay. So that's how, and then you just pulled out of the church after that. Like, yeah. So it was very abrupt after that. I ended up, I I lived in my hometown for a few months and I was trying to go to church, but it was like, everything was so triggering. And it was like, that experience in itself was so traumatic. And yeah, that was insane. But um, crazy. So I went from being like very spiritual because when I was a part of this group, it was like, everything became spiritual. And I was, I've always had visions, but I was like seeing visions and I was I would like hear things and like in a good way no kind of scary like I felt like being with these people I was opened up to this dark side of spirituality that I don't know for sure that they were dark but it was like I was just opened up to the spiritual realm in a way that I didn't know it was even existed Mm -hmm. and um it scared me and I didn't want anything to do with it Because in my head, I was like, well, if I admit that God is real and that if any of this is real, then it all has to be real. Then everything that I So you just walked out and you were just like, I'm not saying anything. Like, I don't know if God's real. I don't know what the fuck. Like, you just kind of just stepped back fully. Yep. So that's exactly what I did too. I was like, I can't, I can't vouch for any of this. It's batshit fucking crazy. But then like, as you open up and you heal, then you're like, okay, I can come back to like, do I believe Jesus walked on this earth? Yes. Like, do I believe he, you know what I mean? Like, is the, it's like, okay, is the Bible real? Yes. You know, like, and and you start asking your questions, asking questions and you're like more, but at first you're like, fuck this, fuck it. Like I'll burn my Bible. Fuck you. Never talking to you. Like, because it hurts so bad. You're it's like betrayal, right? It's like when you see, what was it it's like it's so painful because it's part of your dna like people don't understand that didn't grow up in the church like again i didn't know where god ended and my parents began or god ended in my and i began like you know right. i didn't know what you are yeah. yeah it's who i am so so that's how i felt too i don't know if you felt this way but when I left the church, I felt like I was betraying my family but i was so i knew that i fucking knew that i had to do that that I was willing to walk away from my family. You know what I'm saying? Cause it was killing me. It was like life or death. Right. But yeah. now I'm like, okay, I can have a relationship with my family and it doesn't have anything to do with my relationship with God, but I didn't see it that way. I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's exactly how I was. Um, my family definitely understood. Uh, I didn't live close to them for very long just right after I got back from Missouri (laughs) and then I moved a few hours away they understood in a way that I don't think they would have otherwise just because of everything that I had gone through and nobody really talked to me about it or bothered me about it because they knew that it was so hard for me I didn't go like totally in another direction I just started dating someone and he was agnostic and he had an like I'll do that (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this feels safer. This feels. Yeah. And he was real. That's the Mm -hmm. thing that attracted me to him is that he was real. And I felt like every person that I, when I went back to my church that I grew up in, it's like everybody there felt so fake to me. Like none of them actually gave a shit about what I was going through. People were like, Oh, how are you doing? And it's like, you don't want to know. And that's why you to. They want you to say what, what makes them feel comfortable. Right. And they want to know that 
oh, I'm good. I still believe in God. Okay. She's going to heaven still. Right. It's like, (laughs) you like you blow like the lid off of their paradigm. They don't, they don't actually, and it's not that they don't care, but it's like, you can't fuck with their theology because if you start asking questions and the questions start making them think, then they're going to go down the rabbit hole too. And the rabbit hole is super fucking scary. Like nobody, you know, I have like a few dark nights of the fucking soul, like where I was like really deconstructing. So, um, what was I, I was going to ask you something and it was super important. Oh, you're the guy that you started dating. So that's how I felt when Craig and I started dating, like he I don't even know what he would label himself as. He's like, I think there's a God. Like, I believe, you know, he's just like, whatever. He didn't, I don't know what he believes. (laughs) You know, I couldn't, I don't know that I could put a label on it. And I, but I felt he was so open. Yeah. He was like, oh, that's what you believe. Cool. It's like, oh, like even the other day, he's like, I think you're Buddhist. I'm like, really? (laughs) You think so? (laughs) Like, I don't know anything about it. (laughs) But like, whatever. But he was so open to me. Like he, like he really genuinely wanted to learn about me he genuinely liked me and it didn't matter what I believed and my mom said to me when I first um left my ex and I was like starting to think about dating again she's like you just need to be a nice Christian guy I was like I don't want a nice Christian guy that's like the fucking life I would rather die alone than (laughs) meet a nice Christian guy because it just didn't I'm like I don't want that that's the opposite so when I met Craig he was just so real and that honestly has been one of the most attractive things about Craig to me still it's like he doesn't give a flying fuck I can believe God I cannot believe in God I can believe one thing one day and a different thing the next day and he and he accepts me for me and I really feel unconditionally loved I really feel but I was able to connect with him not in like the pain connection right like I was healthier by the time we connected um and we've been able to grow together but that was so intriguing to me I never met anybody like that I had never met anybody that was just so accepting yeah and 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 I still aspire to be more like that yeah that's that is like one of the first things that I recognized in him and why I was drawn to him is that he truly not only saw me but I saw that he saw other people like he was okay with whatever people believed in his grandparents were pastors and like so he knew all about that and he Mm -hmm. knew that life but that wasn't his style and he yeah I mean it's cool to meet people like that along the way totally for sure yeah that that's like that relationship absolutely helped me I mean I don't know where I would have ended up like if I wouldn't have ended up it helped you probably feel not so crazy yeah and definitely it helped me feel normal and I think because if I would have gone straight from being like all the way into the church and because at that point I was like a virgin well you know whatever like you and chose I, to have sex with somebody an adult. right and I, hadn't, I had never like really drank only a little bit like I never had done anything and I was 19 and I hadn't tasted the world at all I had no clue what the world was I, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything and I know that I could have ended up really far in another direction. And I'm so thankful for that relationship because I know it helped me. It helped you stabilize a bit. Absolutely. And like, that's like, it didn't last, but, um, it served a purpose for my life for sure. Totally. Talk more about just out of my genuine curiosity. Um, (laughs) this podcast is going to be all about what I'm curious about. (laughs) (laughs) So you were saying that you went, um, that the cult people that you were with, how they were like really like dark spiritually. And that's, isn't that what the people that you were referring to? Like there's, it was just like a lot of darkness. So they, I wouldn't say that they necessarily were dark. I think just there was, they weren't intentionally being dark. There just, for some reason, was a lot of darkness surrounding like the them. pain, like whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Okay. So that's interesting to me because when I, so my biggest fear, maybe you can relate was demons growing up because I, I don't know, did you ever experience somebody, a demon being cast out of somebody? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that shit will fucking traumatize you. Like one of my biggest fears growing up was that I would have a demon in me. Um, and, but then my, like, I was always taught if you have Jesus in your heart, you can't have a 
you can't be demon possessed. So that made me feel slightly better. But then I was always so afraid, like, then what, what if you don't have Jesus in your heart anymore? Right. And I'm like, so then you, you open yourself up for like demonic possession, you know, it just like fucked with my head. So that was one of the biggest fears for me growing up was crossing the line from the light into the dark. And, Mm -hmm. and it was, it was God, God has grace for us, but only so far. And if you cross the line into the darkness, God's not there anymore. And sorry, you just went a little (laughs) too far, you know? And so when I started and that's not freedom, right? That's the opposite of freedom. That's the opposite of unconditional love. So when I started going down my healing journey and I started resonating with people that were not religious teachers, were not right. I didn't, I wouldn't even do yoga because it was, I literally was taught like all of these like pagan connections and these like demonic connections to like your third eye and like your, I don't even know what else, but you the poses. Right. And so I didn't do any of that stuff. I never meditated because that was opening yourself up to demonic influence, like legit. So when I found my coach, she was like, meditate. Like she was like a total, I don't even know what branch of spirituality that would, that would be, but it was like yoga, meditate, like all these things. And I didn't resonate with any of those things, but I resonated with the energy, the truth, the unconditional love. And I'm like that. And I was so desperate. I literally was so desperate. I was like, I'll fucking try anything. But the first night after my first healing session with her, I called her at two in the morning. I was nursing my baby. And it's always like a really weird in the middle of the night when you're breastfeeding because you're like half awake, half asleep. And it's like all the scary shit. Like it's just, you know, your, your brain's in a weird spot. And I was so convinced that I had gone too far, that I had crossed the line into, and that I had opened myself up to the darkness, to the demonic influence. And so I messaged her. I was like, I'm freaking, I was freaking the fuck out, like tripping. And she was like, you're not allowed to say demons anymore. It's off the table. We don't connect with that shit anymore. It's just not. And as soon as she said that, I was like, you're telling me that you're giving me permission to just not have that fear anymore. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, okay. And I never ever felt the fear again. And I've never once, Oh, I have like full goosebumps and like, literally it makes me emotional. I never once go to connect with myself and connect with God and fear that I'm going to connect to darkness. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big thing coming back from like when I first got back from Missouri, (laughs) talking about it now sounds fucking crazy because it is but like so I (laughs) I didn't stay at my parents house the first night I got back from Missouri I stayed like with one of my mentors growing up who was a part of the church and I woke up that morning they took my I woke up that morning to three of the pastors from the church at the house to pray over me. God. Oh, they took my journal that I have had because they, they said it was like, cause I kept like opening up and reading it and I kept wanting to like say things to them and like show them all these connections that I was finding. And they took my journal and they prayed over me that cause they thought that I was like covered in like a darkness truly. And even when we were driving away, I mean, I wa- there there definitely was darkness. Like I went talking about being at that house. The last night I was there before I left, I experienced sleep paralysis mm-hmm. and I was awake, but I couldn't move. Yeah. And it was like something was weighing on my chest. Like I couldn't move any of my body, but I heard this deep, heavy breathing, like something was there in the darkness where I was. And that's like how I left. And then the very next day, waking up to all the pastors and everybody praying over me. You're like, yeah, I can't get out of there fast enough. Yeah. But it's like, I had so much fear attached to that. And I think that's why I was so afraid of, that's why I rejected God completely was because I was like, if any part of this is real, then it all is real. And I can't, connect to whatever the heck that was again yeah but it's interesting like coming a slow fade back into of and into god like i have not experienced that darkness i haven't experienced 
the fear. It's just not there. Yeah. And that's what it's so interesting. Cause I've had actual demonic experiences like that too. It's like, I couldn't think about shit like that. I just had to push forward with love, like more love, more truth, more love, more truth. And I just had to like tunnel. All that mattered. Yeah. All that mattered. But now I'm strong enough where I can look back and I can, like, we we're talking about speaking in tongues. I wasn't strong enough to talk about that a year ago. I had to say, that's not real. I had to say that's, that's not real. I don't believe in that, but now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like anything's possible. I know nothing. So, you know, <laughs> what's your, what's your take, but the demonic stuff, I don't have, again, I don't have an opinion on it, but I know my experience was real and there's no doubt in my mind, your experience was real. And I know people that have really, and I feel like it's connecting to, sp- to connecting to spirit from pain you're only going to get pain out of that. And I'm just on a really simple level and connecting to spirit from love, you're only going to get love out of that. So when I go to connect with spirit, I know my intention is love. And so (laughs) I'm never afraid that I'm going to get pain back, right? Like I know clear as day, what love is that God is love. And then, and then of course, pain is pain. And, and, you know, it, it, it is a disconnection from God. Right. Like, so you said you always felt so far from God in a way you were not that he wasn't there, but because your pain, is like a pain bubble propelling God. You know what I mean? God's like shooting off of it. Right. You're like, there's no way for, for love to penetrate the pain until you decide until you choose to, to let that go. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I really feel like every time too, cause it wasn't like it wasn't like I was sitting here living a double life. I mean, a little bit. It was like I really did have this deep spiritual connection with God always. Mm-hmm. And it was never a lie for me. I never mm-hmm. faked it. Um, everything I felt was totally true. But then still feeling the unworthiness and just never feeling like I was good enough. And always feeling like I was searching for something in life. And living with so much pain all the time. Anytime I did find like specks of light or deeper connection to love and it was always in messages or times of vulnerability and anytime I did experience like great connections to to spirit it was like I would go back and it it would change me Mm. and the way that I would feel that I was meant to live and in a greater connection with this love that I had found I didn't see anyone else doing it yeah and so it didn't make sense so then you question well, why am I so, why isn't this matching for me? Right. And then everything was confusing again. And that's like, yeah. And I I didn't understand. And like you said, you're taught that yoga and people who connect through spirituality is totally wrong, totally demonic. They don't know what they're talking about. They have no idea. They don't feel God. And that was the biggest part with me even now is like, I have nothing against Christianity but I do have something against a religion that says this is right. And any other person who has ever claimed to find a connection to God in any other way is wrong. That's yeah. insane. That yeah. is literally insane. Yeah, it is. That's and I felt that way though. I felt, I literally was like, God, Jesus is the only way. And it's yeah. like, get crazy in your eyes. Like Jesus is the only way, like you have yeah. to do it my way. Right. It's like fucking yeah. psychotic, but now I even look at it like coming full circle. I do think that there are people that I know I have known, I don't know very many, but I have known people that, um, that connect with Christianity that are really connected to God, like yeah. truly connected and live free. I, I do know, I don't find that a lot in people that grew up in the church, more like people that found God later. Yeah. Yeah. And they just have their life experience. Right. And then they have, you know, God now, but, um, and, and I always felt so growing up Pentecostal, the Catholics were the ones that you always like made fun of. And you're like, they're so <laughs> fucked up. Right. Like they're the yeah. ones like drinking and then they're like asking for forgiveness and stuff. And it's like, I, I do feel that there are Catholic people that can, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. It's like, I feel like as humans, no matter what you practice, we all, I really do believe that we all accidentally connect to light and connect to love at times, even when we are in pain and then our, and it's like, we experience God through our own filter are like the way I describe God is based on the way I have filtered God through my own fear, my own experience. Right. And then it comes out as, well, this is what I believe. 
And so if for somebody to filter their experience and whatever, and it to come out as I believe that Jesus died on the cross and salvation and whatever, it's like, cool. But what I care about is how do you feel? Like, how do you feel? Do you feel free? Do you feel like you're living up to your full potential? Do you feel alive? Do you feel like, do you feel loved? Do you feel like you can love people even if they're gay? That was a huge one for me. I was, I couldn't even, I couldn't even. Yeah. I, I can't argue with love. I think love I've been down a path of like love felt is the only true thing period. Like nothing else is true. Love is true, but nothing else. Fear isn't real. Pain isn't real. All these boundaries we create are not real, but love is. So if someone feels a connection to love, who am I to question that? Yeah. And who am I to say that it's like broken or not God's plan or not like, it's like, we have such a small minded view on humanity and on the world. It's like when Christians, oh my God, it's Benson, my six-year-old, it fucking kills him. I tried. So I started teaching them about the Bible this year. Craig's like, you really need to start teaching him. He's like, you know, a lot. He's like, I, I wish I would have known more growing up. I'm like, fine. So I started this Christmas. I taught them the Christmas story. I got out the Bible and Benson loves to read. And he was super into it. And I said, just so you know, Christians believe that the earth has only been around for uh, six to 10,000 years. And Benson's like, well, that's not true. And I'm like, why? He's like, because it's been around for 4.6 billion years. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but this is what they believe. So I'm like, I'm just telling you the story. And so like, he, he's like a six year old. He's like, this makes no fucking sense, you know? And it, but it's like shit like that, where it's like, it's the stuff like that, where it's like the small mindedness. It's like, can you open your eyes and think that maybe the Bible is just a story trying to teach us about love, which I do feel it is. And it's like, I don't know. We just get so small minded. We're like, this is fact. This is it. Homosexuality is wrong. This is the only right way. Right. And it's just like, you close yourself up and you put yourself in this little box. You put God in this little box. And, and so I think what you're saying is like on your journey, you're just like seeing everything from such a like broader level, you're just like, love, ah, that's it. (laughs) Right. It's like, it's more simple. Yeah. It started from a place of like the God that I believe in doesn't discriminate. Like (laughs) as simple as that, that's where it started from is if I believe that God is love, then all that separation, all this other stuff can't be true. Yeah. That's not the God I believe in. And it's like deconstructing from there and realizing like the other day I was thinking about it, like so many people find God, find light in moments of, like you said, accidentally find it in moments of desperation. And then whatever it is that helped them to feel it, they take it as their whole truth because they don't want to lose it. Yes. And it's like, that's why people get so intense about it. And I get it because I've watched people do that. I've watched people go from living on the street, addicted to heroin, getting clean, and then like changing their whole lives around. And like, it has to be their truth totally. because the other option is going back in the other direction in their mind. Totally. So yeah. I it's survival that. mode. And that's where the like dogma comes from. It's like certitude. And, but certitude is where growth goes to, you know, die. It's like, there's no way you can grow when you're just like, this is it. But, it, but I get it. Right. It's like, they have a really good reason why they're doing that because it, it's hold on to it for dear life. Mm-hmm. And isn't that why that's why I was holding on to religion because it was holding on to it for dear life. It felt like the only safe thing. And if I let, and that's why I, the darkest, one of the darkest experiences I went through was letting go of my belief of heaven and hell, because if say you don't believe in it, then if hell exists, you're not going there or you are going there. Right. So if, if they, if you, if you die and you find out that heaven and hell really do exist, you're going to hell because you didn't, or, you know what I'm saying? So that was my dark night of the soul, but I was holding onto it for your dear life because I'm like, what am I without this? You can't, there's no safety without this. I really felt like the Bible and Christianity and Jesus dying on the cross. Those were like I can never let go of that and true freedom, like true fucking free. I like feel so free today because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I just don't know, but I'm more like 
it's just like I broke through it and it was just like the glass fucking shattered and it was so scary and it was so uncomfortable. And it, it uh, like, the, it was the dark night of the soul, right? I was like fucking sweating in my bed. I'm like, I can't do this. And then it was just like, boosh, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't yeah. want to have this, this conflict, this inner conflict. And on the other side of that, I was like, I can fucking breathe. And it was like walking into a meadow and everything's calm and like, there's love. And now I know that I fucking know that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what I say, I believe, or what I, right. What I connect with, it just doesn't matter. What matters is love that that's all that matters. And so, and it fear and love, they can't go together. They're not the same thing. They're total opposites. So that's, and that's the core of what I teach. And it's the, honest, like if you're going to ask me one thing, yeah, I believe in love. I believe that God is love. And I believe that love, I believe that we are love. And the more we align with that, the more we experience that in our human consciousness. Definitely. And I really love what you said when you said that we so often put God in a box, like Christians, especially like we put God in this box and we think we know. Yeah. <laughs> He's so bigger key I mean what even even he is like he she I, they I don't yeah. know but yeah. it's bigger than me I know it's bigger than me I know it's bigger than all of this I know there's so much more and I also believe that we like when the bible says seek and you shall find knock and doors will be open I think that's very real like if you want to know more mm-hmm. ask and yeah. I think we can figure it out. <laughs> I but know, but it's so exciting. That is, but it's also like, if you don't care, like if you're just okay living and like being free and being happy and being okay with, with just being free and being yeah. alive, that's okay too. I don't totally. think that there's anywhere where, yeah. Yeah. Like, Personally, I want to know, like I, yeah. a pastor I that I, <laughs> I know, a pastor that I follow though, this really helped me a lot where he, he was basically saying, we have to be okay with the mystery. We have to accept the mystery and love the mystery. So that's really, I really gripped onto that. I'm like, I have to love that. I don't know. And it's like a kid, right? It's like, when you look like when you're a little kid and you're like, Oh my God, there's like the whole future and there's the whole world. And you're just like, so curious but you don't have to know, right? You're not like pissed at yourself for not knowing. You're just like, ah, there's so much to learn. And I love that. So it's, it's being okay with not knowing, but also being really like, to me, I, I just know that I'm never going to stop doing this work and I'm never going to stop growing because there's always more. I'm like, how can I be better? How can I do more? How can I love more? How can I feel pain less? How can I suffer less? Right. And that game to me I'm like let's go let's yeah. go <laughs> I yeah. it. so it's like I just want to grow and grow and grow and experience everything that I can until I die me too absolutely and like something that you I don't know why this made me think of this but I feel today I was watching my friend's niece and our other friend's kids they met for the first time and they just like went outside and started playing the playground together and yeah. I was thinking about it and I'm like it's just so easy and like this week uh yesterday I met some people in a parking lot and they invited me to an open mic and then I got invited to a drum circle and then I went to the drum circle and I ended up going with these other people and then I ended up sleeping on the beach last night with some of the people from the drum circle and waking up and watching the sunrise that's insanity the the shit you've experienced in just the past six months like you tell me these you're like I had the craziest Christmas ever I'm like I can't even hear it I like I don't even know like you've experienced more (laughs) six months than I've ever experienced in my life (laughs) but it's like literally living with this child like wonder and being yeah. okay with the mystery it's like we get so caught up in like oh I don't know you huh? but it's like based off of what you feel do you yeah. feel love when you yeah. connect with absolutely you feel safe when you connect then do it and it's like for kids it's so easy they, and that's intuition that's yeah. literally what intuition is right it like and kids my kids that do that too they'll go to the park they'll be like bye love you love you and they're like holding hands like Jesus you just met but it's like <laughs> You know, and if there's a kid, then they walk away and they cry for a second and then they like find somebody else. But yeah, dude, it's wild. And it, and it's the intuition and that's exactly what, what you're doing right now, the way you're living your life 
you're just following your intuition. You're like, wherever the breeze blows me, (laughs) but it is the intuition. It's not, it's not just wherever the breeze blows me. I think it obviously it's, does this feel like love or no? Yeah. And, and you can't answer that question go coming full circle back to the trauma and the pain you can't accurately answer that when you have no fucking clue what love feels like no right yeah. so if i were to it's ask so you that cool. six months ago i would say is it love or not you'd be like it feels like love because he was so abused too and we've connected right it's just like this whole thing <laughs> and now you're like eh, no no yeah easy and it, it, it's interesting, like, connecting it back to when we were talking earlier about um, being empathetic and, like, being able to feel what other people feel. It's, like, before when I would be with people and I would feel what they were feeling, it was so overwhelming for me. But now it's, like, I can – I know a lot about people. I was having this conversation with the people on the beach last night. It's, like, I know – like, I can talk with someone and I can know if they've had, like, trauma or I can know – like, yeah, you said the first time you talked to me, you knew. And it's, yeah. you just feel it. Like, you can yeah. feel empathetically, like, what's going on within a person. And you can see their ego shining through and, like, totally. where their consciousness is at. But it's not in a judgmental way. And it's not no. in a way to, to say, like, oh, oh. You're wrong you know. or you're fucked up. Right. Yeah. It's just, like, being able to observe it. Yeah. And just being like, okay, like, it is what it is. Yes. And that's what I do as a coach. It's literally just... And that's why I have a coach, right? Cause I have an ego and I have my own shit. And so she observes, observes me and helps right. me see shit that I just can't see. Right. And that's what I do. It's like, I can so easily see your ego and your pain and your energy way better than I can see it in myself. Right. And it's just, but it's the empathy people saying that they're an empath and they're like, I'm just so overwhelmed. It's like, it's cause you haven't learned to not take their shit on as your own. Yeah, You don't have to take it. You can feel it without totally like I can feel I that was. <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. I had that experience too. I won't go into it on here, but um, I've been around little kids, like not my own kids, but other kids. And I'm just like, I can feel their trauma. And, and, and that one's harder, right? Because it's easier with a grown up that has a choice. Um, but I have felt that, and I've had to really check myself because I started to panic. I'm like, save all the babies. Ah, ah." like, well, how many can we take in? Like, and, and it's not, and what I really, you're going to love this. What came, cause this was a new experience for me. What came full circle for me was I am helping by being love. I am helping by speaking truth. So I can speak truth into that situation. I can be the light. And it's not like be the love, like sit in a fucking circle and sing Kumbaya and just radiate love. It's, Hey, we need to take action. This person needs help. I'm going to donate money. Like I'm going to right? it's being active, like an active participant, but also I don't taking their pain on as my own pain brings more pain into my life and it lowers my vibration. So the best thing I can do is let it go. So when you're processing your trauma, if I took that on and I went to bed that night and I was just like, what are we going to fucking do? I can't believe she went through this. We got to do something about, I didn't. What I do is I'm like, not my problem. Right. And it's love. That's the most loving thing I can do because I have to hold myself. My vibration, my energy is my fucking responsibility. And I can't help anybody if I'm like, Oh my God. And I, I'm, I'm no good, but I realize just being the light, being in the high vibration is so healing and everything. Else. Yeah. And it's not personal and I'm not here to fix and I'm not here to save. I'm here to just be the light. Exactly. And of course we take action and we don't just sit around, but that was huge for me because old me was like panic mode, make it all about me. And that's what empaths really do. Right. You make it all about yourself. You're like, oh. yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it is, it's like just being is enough. Just yeah. existing as you are. Someone told me being authentically you gives other people permission to do the same. Totally. And, and expecting not, not only like being true to your highest self, but giving people the space and permission to be true to their highest selves. Yes. And it's like, and you can't give people space if you're not doing it first. Right. Right. So I was, I was unable to not judge other people. Of course, everybody judges to a degree, but I was so judgmental 
because that's the way I was viewing. I was judging myself. So when I freed me, like the conversation that I had about the homosexuality thing, that was something I never would have been free to like accept before. But now I'm like, I'm so free that I don't give a fuck what you do. Like, and I can't help, I can't hold any space. I can't be the light if I am, haven't done the healing work first. And so that's why it's so important for leaders. Like I said, I'll always have a coach because I need somebody to help me continue to grow, continue to do the work first. I'm never going to ask somebody to do something that I haven't done or that I'm not doing. And so the only way we can really, if you are an empath, the only way that you can really help is by taking care of your shit first and making sure you're good. Definitely. Otherwise too, it's like feeling brings you back to you. And then like you said, it's all about you again. And then it brings triggers you. Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap it up. But I want to hear, I just want you to give like a brief little bit on how you feel now. Obviously we have a really good idea about how you feel, but you're always sending me messages. You're always doing lives in the group. You're like, I feel so fucking good. This is mind blowing. So (laughs) how do you feel now that's different than the way you've ever felt before? So I've been trying to like put words to it because it really is. I mean, I, it's not that I think I'm like this totally unique person that nobody experiences life the way that I do, but I think for someone who has lived so far to either side at this point, it's like, I never knew life in the middle. I never knew what it felt like just to be a normal person. And just to like, I never knew what that was. I was always all the way over here or all the way over here. And even this experience was like going from honestly feeling like I've been living asleep forever up until now. It's like, I haven't even really been alive until the last few months. That's literally how I feel. And I can't, I don't even know that words are enough to explain that to someone who doesn't understand the feeling, but it's like light switched on. I was in darkness to light. And this, I think that's what the Bible talks about when it talks about actually connecting with God and finding true healing and walking this path to light is you find joy that you can't explain. You find peace that doesn't make any sense in an instant. You can be, you can feel so much joy and peace. No, truly no matter what's going on right externally and that is the best gift I really feel and that's why I call the program I am unstoppable because I feel unstoppable I you can't fuck with me I have been through the things that I have been through and still been able to come back to truth and have it mold me into a it I trust so much I trust so much more than I ever thought was even possible. I truly fucking believe that God has my back in the darkest, most fucking horrifying situations. I can still be happy. It's not like fake either. No, it's not. It's like, you can't fake it. You can't fake that. When you have real life shit going on and you still feel I'm going to let it go. I can let it go. I don't have to. And, and it's not like we do it perfectly, right? Like I hold on to shit for way longer than is you know, necessary. And of course, as I grow, my, my goal is to like, hold on, hold on to shit less, right. Suffer less. It was like, I could see in color for the first time. I remember walking outside and being like the fucking leaves are like filled with so much green and like beauty. It's just like, it's just like, everything's in like 4d. Right. And I like saw the sun and I like felt it (laughs) on my face and I'm like, it's so fucking warm and powerful and beautiful. Right. And it's like 10 seconds ago, there was a gray film in front of me and I was just living Living fog. Yeah. No, I I think it's so much realer than people even can understand. And this year I have had so many experiences where I've been like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Does, can everyone else see this too? Does it look like this for them too? Do they know this? Like sitting on the shore of the ocean, the sun setting and dolphins swim to shore and like crazy stuff like that. And I'm like, is this really happening right now? Like this is the real world that we're living in and people don't, people are missing this. And people are bitching about politics and you're like, but the dolphin in the water. (laughs) It's like a whole new world. Honestly, I mean, all these, all the Disney stuff is like, that's. I 
more with Disney movies now than any other movies. Like, I really do. I'm like, it's magic. Like, all of the Christmas movies this year, we watched um, Jingle Jangle. And uh, have you, did you watch that one? No. Okay. And at the end, they're like, you just have to believe. And that was like the theme this Christmas was like, you just have to believe. I'm like, yes. And I literally felt like, I think magic is real. I'm like, I think that could really happen. Like, I really, it's what brings you back to being like a kid and the like craziest shit lights you up. Yeah. It's like, we truly live in a magical place where anything is possible if we just let ourselves believe it. And there's so much more than we know. And there's like, you said, it's like, I don't know anything like, but I'm (laughs) here to figure it out. Like I'm ready. Show me. I don't know. I'll, I'll keep looking. I'll find the magic. I'll walk through the doors. Totally. Did you know, side note, there are more planets in the universe than grains of sand. Wow. No, I didn't know that. So talk about fucking possibility. Um, And then we like narrow. So we have God and there's like so many insane things in the universe. And we have it like narrowed down to like our Bible. And I'm like, are you fucking high? You don't think that there's people on other planets somewhere? <laughs> it's like when Christians get all weird about, I mean, even, even my mom is like, I mean, I, I don't know. She's, she's cool. I love my mom, but <laughs> I'm not going to rag on my mama. <laughs> <laughs> Just when, when people get all weird about astrology, it's like, so you're telling me that you don't think that the stars in the sky have anything to do with anything that's happening here being like the moon that's orbiting or people when they're like oh no the connection to the moon like that doesn't change anything it's like so you really don't think that the gravity and the forces you're like I've seen your ass go batshit crazy on a full moon I know this is real (laughs) even just like your your son being like "Mm, that doesn't make any sense like yes it's like literal like just pure basic logic but we form all these beliefs just based on our own you know fears or whatever so yeah <laughs> anyways we'll wrap it up because we could talk for for hours yeah. but well thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story and it's I fucking love talking to you I think your brain is like crazy I could pick your brain all night mm-hmm. and I've really loved working with you it's been incredible it's been so fun for me thank you thanks for having me you're everything welcome. you're welcome